Greetings, Crosspoint Church, and those joining us online today from here and there and everywhere. This is week two of our of our How to Handle What Life Hands You sermon series. And I want to talk to you today about how to handle isolation, separation, loneliness, social distancing. And we're going to visit the prophet Elijah, the Old Testament prophet Elijah, today. Let's pray together. Father, as we look to your word today, we pray again, we ask again that your Holy Spirit would speak to us. Let that let this not just be one story from an old book, but Father, you talked about your word that you left with us as powerful, sharper than a double-edged sword. May the truth penetrate deeply in every heart today. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Elijah was a prophet who lived about 800 years before Jesus was born. A prophet? What's a prophet? Well, a prophet a prophet uh, was someone who was regarded as being in contact with God and therefore was said to speak on his, on his behalf. Elijah's story is told back in the first part of the Bible, that would be the Old Testament, actually found in a book called Kings, First Kings. In my Bible, it's about 304 pages in. Elijah's an interesting guy. Now, here's a little-known fact fact about the prophet Elijah. He, he was a fast runner. The Bible tells us that he could outrun horse-drawn chariots. That's fast. He was uh, much loved by the common people, but much hated by the royalty if they happened to be of the wicked variety because it was the prophet's job to speak out against bad kings. Well, during Elijah's days, Ahab was the king, and he was one bad guy, and his wife's name was Jezebel. You ever heard of anyone, any little girl ever being named Jezebel? Probably not, and there's a good reason that you don't know of anyone named Jezebel. Jezebel was one evil lady. Well, we'll get to her in a few minutes and the incident we want to look at. Elijah, Elijah was riding high uh, in the days before, before things went south for him. A widow's son, her only son died suddenly and Elijah showed up and prayed. He prayed, Oh Lord, my God, please let this child's life return to him. And the Lord heard Elijah's prayer and the life of the child returned. Wow. Imagine being there. Now move ahead a few months and there's a great famine in the land. It's it, the famine is in its third year and it's a famine that Elijah had announced, pronounced, because Ahab was promoting worship of the false god Baal, and that led to the contest on Mount Carmel. King Ahab called all the people of Israel to come to the mount and, 
And when they all arrived, Elijah challenged the 450 prophets of Baal who were gathered there to a contest. 450 to 1 doesn't sound like good odds, does it? Uh, that'd be a little bit like uh, a pickup hockey team from a local church and challenging the Montreal Canadiens to a hockey game and winning. Actually, that's not a, a good example because that probably could happen. Moving right along, Elijah challenges the 450 prophets and the scripture tells us that he said, if Baal is God, then follow him. But if the Lord is God, then you should follow him. And then he set it up. Let's make an altar and put the sacrifice on the altar. He says to the prophets of Baal, you pray for Baal to come and light the fire. I'll pray for my God to show up. And whoever shows up wins. Well, the story goes on that the 450 prayed all day, nothing, nada, nothing, not a sign of fire. Apparently, Elijah was enjoying some of this, and he kind of agitates the prophets a little bit by saying, maybe he's sleeping. Maybe you need to pray a little louder. Maybe he's gone to the washroom. Pray louder, pray louder. Well, the prophets of Baal prayed all day, nothing, and gave up towards evening, and in the evening, Elijah, after soaking the altar with water three times, lifted his head and prayed, O Lord, prove today that you are God. And the story tells us, the scripture says, immediately the fire flashed from heaven and burned the sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the water and the people who were there and witnessed all this, said, the Lord is God. And then Elijah had the 450 prophets of Baal executed, and the rain came and the drought ended, and Elijah was pumped. The people were ecstatic. King Ahab was not. He goes home and tells Jezebel about this event and what Elijah had done. And she gets, I guess she must have FaceTimed Elijah with this message. May the gods kill me if by this time tomorrow I have failed to take your life. Now at this point, now we're to the incident for our how-to for this day. Elijah decided to self-isolate. He thought it wise to social distance from Jezebel and everyone else. And as chapter 19 of 1 Kings opens, Elijah, says, was afraid and fled for his life. He went alone into the desert. And, and from here, Elijah really spiraled down. He prayed, I've had enough, Lord, take my life. Then a little later, he spiraled still further down and he said, I alone am left, poor old Elijah. When I was a kid, country music was really big and there was a popular song, I don't know the artist's name. I thought he was singing poor old Elijah, but actually the songwriter was singing poor old 
Kalijah, started with a K. Now, Kalijah was a carved statue out of wood of a native North American. I'm trying to be politically correct here. And the chorus of the song went like this. Poor old Kalijah, he never got a kiss. Poor old Kalijah, he don't know what he missed. Is there any wonder that his face is red? Kalijah, that poor old wooden head. Well, except for the wooden head, that fits Elijah. Poor old Elijah, he never got a kiss. Isolation can be tough, you know. Let me just share with you briefly Elijah's four steps down. The first step that he took down uh, was what I would call the disappointment step. A disappointment can be little more than an ofui moment. When the, when the social distancing and, and this isolation thing was placed on us a few weeks ago, most of us thought, well, maybe two or three weeks, and we were a little disappointed with it all, maybe even a little frustrated, disappointed. Elijah was no doubt disappointed when he learned of Jezebel's death threat, but I'm surely he quickly went down another step from disappointment to discouragement when he began to think of what this could mean, a death threat. See, that second step down, discouragement, that's beyond Ofui. That's more like an, uh-oh, this isn't good. Elijah is alone now. He's all alone. Little Jessie didn't like going to bed at night. She'd often lay awake in her bedroom alone. And on this particular night, she, Daddy, Daddy, can I come in to your room with you and Mommy? Can I sleep in there with you and Dad responded, no, no, Jess, it's, it's best that you stay in your own bed. And don't forget, Jess, God is with you. To which little Jess responds with, yes, Daddy, but I need someone with skin on. So did Elijah. So do you. These COVID-19 days, I've had people say to me, when I'm making my care calls, I, I oh, I like to be alone. This isolation thing is, is fine, is just fine with me. Well, I would suggest this to you, be careful. Isolation can take you down these steps I'm talking about. Being with people is vital for you, regardless of your personality, regardless of your temperament, and, and regardless of your preference in this matter. I'm reminded of the Buckley's cough syrup commercial. You're familiar with it. It tastes awful, but it works. Understand me now. You need people around you. At times you may think this tastes awful, but listen to me, it works. You need people. Well, then poor old Elijah went down another step the third step down I'm calling uh, depression. That's uh, when you feel disheartened, just a sense of sadness. The best way I could describe that is with a deep sigh. And I urge you again, don't dismiss the possibility of, of you going down these steps. You can go down these steps, you know, 
unaware that you're going down the steps and you can go you can go down them rather quickly i know in the late 1970s i went all the way down to the fourth step that i'll mention in the in a minute disappointment first step down discouragement depression and the fourth step down is despair i went all the way down to step four and I can only describe it as an all-pervading sense of hopelessness, uh, even a numbness, a, a feeling that I don't think it can ever, ever be any better than this. There's no way back. For Elijah, he said, take my life. I've been there on step four. For a time I was, back in 1977, I was on Valium for a time. Poor old Elijah, he seems to have made it all the way down to step four, despair. Take my life, he says. It, it, it's as if he's saying, live or die, I don't care. Oh, Lord, take me. So finally, let me help you now. Let me help you. Let's deal now with the how-to. I'd like to help you stay off these steps. I would like to help you handle this isolation thing that I, life has handed us in these days. So let me just call this six things, how to handle isolation, separation, loneliness, social distancing, and, and six things I say to you. And here's number one, speak frankly to the Father. Elijah, all the way down to step four, says, I've had enough. And a little later, he says, I have zealously, now he's praying, I have zealously served you, he says to God, and they've killed every one of your prophets. I alone am left. Pretty blunt, don't you think, for a pretty, pretty frank talk. Sounds, as I read it, it sounds to me almost disrespectful. He's being disrespectful to God, don't you think, maybe? I have had enough. Watching a, a movie some days ago, the scene, a private officer, private in the army was standing in front of the general to give the general a report, and it wasn't a good report. Says the private to the general, Sir, may I have permission to speak frankly? Listen to me today. You have permission to speak frankly to the Father. Yes, you do. Speak frankly to him when you talk to him. Father, I'm not doing well here. Father, I don't, I don't see your hand in this thing anywhere. If that's what you feel, that's what you think, say it. Speak frankly to the Father. He knows your thoughts anyway. He knows a word before it's on your tongue, speak frankly. Speaking frankly to the Father, it's therapeutic too. So speak frankly to the Father. Here's number two, take care of yourself. S says that Elijah, he laid down and slept. I'm a fortunate man in that I've never had a problem sleeping. Uh, I, I go to sleep so quickly at times. It, it sometimes seems to even annoy my wife because she does not go to sleep quickly. I lay down and sometimes in just seconds, I'm gone. 
We all need our sleep. We all need our rest. I pray that for you today. If sleep comes to you, it's difficult for you. Then it says about Elijah, he looked around and saw some baked bread on hot stones. Mmm. Doesn't that sound good? I can almost smell fresh bread cooking. It's nothing quite like it. I think, I think fresh bread, for me at least, is sort of like a comfort food. Did you know that there are foods that bring comfort? I remember as a child, my mother making, when we were not feeling good, uh, it was sort of a, a cream peas in a sauce over toast. I remember that being a comfort food. And then it says that Elijah got up and he ate and drank. You need rest. You need nourishment these days. And then it says that he traveled 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai. That's exercise and you need exercise. I would suggest maybe you don't start with a 40-day walk. But you need, you need sleep. You need nourishment. You need food and you need exercise in these days. As a young man, I remember hearing a preacher say, if it's a good thing to go to the hospital when your body breaks down, then it's an even better thing to go to gymnasium and take care of your body so it won't break down. That's true. Exercise, rest, good food. You know this, don't you? That exercise, rest, and good food have benefits way beyond just for your body. It, good, those things care for your body, your mind, your spirit, your soul. And this was a vital part of Elijah's dealing with all of the things that came into his life because of being isolated. So number one, speak frankly to the Father. Number two, you need to take care of yourself. Here's number three, let the Father, let the Father touch you. Tells us that about Elijah here, that as he was sleeping, an angel touched him. As he was sleeping. And a little bit later, the angel of the Lord came again and touched him. The father touched him twice, while he was sleeping once, while he was awake. God often used an angel to touch people in those days, not so often today, I don't think. But unlike believers, unlike believers in those days, when you repent of your sins and put your trust in Jesus Christ, when you become a believer, when you put your trust in Jesus Christ, he places his spirit, his Holy Spirit in you. And, and, and today, God the Father touches us and quickens us when often, in a moment of time, we have an awareness of, a keen awareness of his indwelling presence. It was in a staff meeting just, I think it was a week ago, Tuesday past, about, about 12 days ago, sitting with the staff, I just, I just told them, I, I, I'm not so sure why, but I feel stressed. And then came Sunday just seven days ago. And we were, Willow and I were watching Crosspoint online, as you are now. And it was the last song. It was the song at the close of that service, the goodness, a goodness of God. Our band played and that 
song, played and sang that song. It was amazing. If you haven't seen it, go back and see it again. It's crosspointchurch.ca. It's there too by itself now too and on Facebook Live. But as I listened to that song just a week ago, the Father touched me. He touched me. Wants to touch us. Let the Father touch you. Here's number four. Here's number four. Realize the Father will answer your prayer, but probably not like you expect. Elijah had just witnessed, as we talked about a few minutes ago, had just witnessed two spectacular miracles. The dead child raised to life. Amazing miracle. And then the, the spectacular fireworks display on Mount Carmel when God showed up and burned the sacrifice and the altar and the water and the stones and everything else. Now here is Elijah praying again. Here he is talking to God again. Here he is asking for help again. Here he is looking for some spectacular miracle again, looking for God to display himself in some amazing, breathtaking, awe-inspiring, exciting way again. But look what happens here. God says to him, go out and stand before me on the mountain. The Lord told him, and as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. And then these words, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. And God was in the gentle whisper. I suggest to you, that's not what Elijah would have expected after these two fantastic miracles earlier, probably that same month. And I wonder if sometimes we don't pray hoping and expecting God to answer in some visible, spectacular, what we would call significant, visible way. But God most times, most times shows up in a gentle whisper. I've got this. It's, it's more like it's... God so often shows up more often as it's a calm assurance. It's an ultra keen sense of his presence. It's, it's like a, a holy hug. I guess you have to experience it to, to really understand what I'm saying. I have experienced that. Have you? You ever heard God whisper, you're my child and I love you. Maybe you're stressed in these days, the isolation, missing the touch of those you love, the separation. God is whispering to you, listen, He's whispering, I've got this. Here's number five. Remember, you're not alone. Poor old Elijah, here he is moaning. I am left alone. I'm alone in this. 
No one else has it as bad as me. That's what he's going on like. And then, interesting enough, enough God gives Elijah a to-do list. A to-do list when he's down so low. Here's the application for you and for me. When, when you're alone, isolated, and you're and just feeling separated from people, as so many of us do in these days, that's when you really need to do something. What a great time to make a care call. Or two. Or ten. God says to Elijah here, in his part of his to-do list, I need you. To, I need you to go appoint a couple of kings. That was the business of the prophets in those days. When a king came to the throne, he had to be appointed, uh, anointed by a prophet. Then I want you to go anoint Elisha as a prophet. And by, and by the way, Elijah, you're not alone. You're not alone. Elijah's been complaining. I'm. I am all alone now. And God says to him, there are 7,000 others still serving me. <laughs> and then he says to Elijah, and Elijah, this Elisha, I'm giving, you, uh, I'm giving you a friend. You're not alone, and he's going to be your assistant. You're not alone. You're not alone. I like the prime minister's words that he uses almost every day in his briefings. We are all in this together. We will get through this. Hear me, we are all in this together, this COVID-19 thing, and you are not alone. One more, six things I wanted to share with you to help you today. Here's the six. It's just what I'm calling a reminder. In the end, we win. Second Kings up the road a little bit, 2 Kings chapter 2, the next book in the Bible. Elijah and his friend Elisha says, we're walking along and talking and suddenly a chariot appeared drawn by horses of fire and Elijah was carried by a whirlwind into heaven. Elijah won. Have you read the back of the book lately? Every once in a while you ought to go to the back end of the book, you know, the back of the book. In the end, we win. We win. He will remove all of our sorrows, Revelation 21. And there'll be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain for the old world and all its evils are gone forever. There's coming a day, no COVID-19, no isolation, no loneliness, no social distancing, no separations. In the meantime, let me read another scripture to you. It'll appear on the screen in front of you. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 17, 18. Here's how it reads. For our present troubles are quite small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us an immeasurably great glory that will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see right now. Rather, we look forward to what we have not yet seen. For the troubles we see will soon be over, but the joys to come will last forever. May 
God's blessing rest upon you today. Maybe you've been listening to this message. You'd like to dialogue with someone. Exchange, talk to us about. You can come to us at crosspointchurch.ca slash Jesus with your questions, your comments, and, and we'll get back to you. God bless you. Father, you're a great God, and we praise you and thank you for your indwelling presence. I thank you for the day when, as a child, I invited Jesus to come and live within me. Father, you've been a great God all through these years. There are some listening to my voice that have never made that critical decision. And some, perhaps even in this brief moment, are praying, Father, please forgive me for my sins. I now trust Jesus Christ to save me. Come into my life. I need your indwelling presence. And I'll live for you and serve you all of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come back and talk to us. Crosspointchurch.ca slash Jesus. God bless you. Have a great day.